All right, well, good evening, Parkview Church. Welcome to our evening of prayer. What an exciting opportunity we have as a church to gather here together. And if you're tuning in online, I want to welcome you and wish you a happy new year. I can think of no better way to spend our time together as a church um, to usher in a new year than um, to be spending our time praying together. So um, thanks so much for, for joining us this evening. Our task before us is incredibly simple, yet totally profound. It is quite an amazing thing. Listen to Colossians 4.2. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. You know, as you think about the task, about the, the possibility of prayer, it, it just blows my mind that not just does the Lord give us prayer, it's not just that he calls us to pray, but the Lord chooses to work through our prayers. I mean, that just blows me away every time I think about it. And so, like I said before, there is just no better way that we could be spending our time together as a people this evening than to spend our time praying together. Simply put, we are going to humble ourselves before the Lord. We're going to seek his face together, and we are going to ask the Lord to show himself, to pour out his renewing power to give his presence freely to us that we might experience him in a way as a church maybe that we never have experienced him before and so that's what we're doing tonight um, i want to just give you a kind of a, a snapshot of what our evening is going to look like um, as we move um, throughout the evening in prayer we're going to kind of focus on four main aims four sort of aims of our prayer um, the first will be um, jesus christ all right that as we focus on Christ, we're going to ask that the Lord would, would increase our delight of who Jesus is as a person and how Jesus um, has worked for us. Next aim is going to be God's word. We're going to ask specifically that the Lord in us as a people, that he will increase in us a devotion to God's word. Um, thirdly, we're going to ask that the Lord would increase our dependence on the Holy Spirit through the power of prayer itself. So that this year, what we are doing right now, this evening, would really set the course for our year as a people, that we would be a praying church. And fourthly, that the Lord would increase our commitment to love one another. So those four main aims, Christ, God's word, prayer, and love. Those will be our four main aims. And this evening, as we kind of move from one target to the next, we're going to do, do so through meditating on God's word, um, of course, by praying, and also by singing songs together um, in praise of the Lord. And so um, I'm going to go ahead and just open our time in prayer together, and then we will just continue moving on this evening. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much. Um, Lord, just as I said, not just that you've given us this wonderful gift of prayer, that you've called us and commanded us to be a people who pray, Lord, but we thank you, Lord, that you are a God who chooses to work through prayer. Lord, our prayer this evening is simple, that you would do just that. Lord, that you would work through our prayers. We confess that dependence on you is not natural to us. We want to rely on ourselves, on our own strength, on our own ability, on our own power, Lord. Father, I pray that you would help us to be a people who recognize our total and complete dependence on you for everything. Lord, and I pray that this evening, that as we cry out to you, 
Lord, we believe that you are listening to us. Lord, we thank you that you're a God whose arm is not shortened and whose ear is not dull. Lord, but you hear every word. Lord, we just pray that you would meet us in a powerful way this evening. Lord, that we would recognize your presence in this place. Lord, and that your renewing work would begin to take root in our church and in our very hearts. And as we think and dream about what the year ahead of us could look like, Lord, I pray that we would be steadfast in our commitment that we don't want to go into this year apart from you, without you. Lord, and so I pray that you would meet us in a new way. Lord, give us your power. Give us your strength. We love you. We ask these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Good evening, Parkview. It's a joy to be with you. Happy New Year's to you. Our first theme for renewal is Jesus. Jesus. We want to be a church that is growing in our delight and love for Jesus Christ. And so let's explore this theme by meditating very shortly together on Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. This is the word of the Lord. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So it's 2021, year of renewal. The question is, how can we become a church increasing in delight in the person of Jesus Christ? Well, from Matthew 11, 28 to 30, Jesus shows us two steps, two steps toward renewal. And I've been helped by author Dane Ortland in his wonderful book, Gentle and Lowly. The first thing is this. First step toward renewal is we must honestly admit where we're at spiritually. We must honestly admit where we are at spiritually. According to verse 28, Jesus says we are laboring and heavy laden. We are laboring. Jesus exposes our hearts here. According to Christ, he's saying that humans left to our own devices can get caught in the rat race of trying to leverage our life and our own strength into security, calm, and rest. And yet look at how Jesus reveals where this laboring leads us. Verse 28 says that we are heavy laden, not only laboring, but we are heavy laden. We are weighed down with an unbearable burden of spiritual exhaustion and despair. Is God pleased with me? Have I done enough for him? Have I been a good enough Christian? Why all of this internal anxiety and unrest? Jesus is saying it's because we are laboring. We are heavy laden. We are burdened. Are you tired, Parkview? Are you weary? Are you laboring under a sense of God's displeasure toward you? Wondering if his love for you is actually true despite your suffering, despite your worst sins presently in your life. Well, here's the reality. We need to admit where we're at spiritually. It's the first step of renewal. Throughout history, God's church always begins in renewal as it takes its first step towards radical honesty with him, radical honesty, actually admitting where we are at spiritually, bringing our laboring, bringing our heavy burdens to the Lord. And if we are willing to honestly admit where we're at spiritually, 
It says Jesus is ready to receive us. That's the second step of renewal. First is admit honestly where we're at. The second, in terms of knowing Christ, is embracing who he is. Admitting who we are, but then embracing who he is. Verse 29 says this, Come to me, for I am gentle and lowly, in heart. If I was to tell you, let me speak from my heart for a moment, or if I was to say, I have something on my heart I need to share with you, what I'd be saying is there's something deep at the core of who I am, the very center of what drives me, motivates me, that I must share with you. And here Jesus Christ is, the risen Lord of the universe, declaring to his people his very heart, the core of who we are, of who he is, what most deeply and passionately motivates him. And it is this is that our Savior is one who is gentle and lowly, tender and humble. He enjoys and delights in giving rest to anxious, exhausted, broken down, beat up sinners and sufferers like you and me. This is who Jesus is. When he sees you in your need, he does not scold, but he is gentle and lowly. He affectionately rejoices in you. He does not resist, but he tenderly embraces the heart of Jesus is a magnet toward human need and brokenness and burden. So here's the question. If that is true of Jesus Christ, if he is gentle and lowly in heart, the question is, will you come to this Jesus tonight and let him love his rest into you? He lives for this. This is his great pleasure, is to love his rest and calm and peace into his beloved people. The great hymn, Come You Sinner, says it like this. Come you sinner, poor and needy, weak and wounded, sick and sore. Jesus ready stands to save you full of pity, love, and power. Parkview, his deepest heart is overflowing toward you tonight. Are you willing to come and receive his rest? Will is going to lead us in a song of response and then I'll come back up and lead us in a time of prayer. Thanks, Wade. Yeah, as Wade said, we're going to sing now, uh, adoring Jesus for who he is, who he says he is in his word, how gentle and lowly he is. So wherever you are, if you'll stand as we begin this, this night, ador adoring Jesus. stand before his majesty beautiful beyond our highest thought worthy he is worthy holy holy is the word made flesh king who bore our pain and poverty Come to claim the rebel and the wretch. Worthy, he is worthy. All glory and honor, all power and praise. Be to your name, be to your name. For no one could rival your glory and fame. We by the name of Jesus. 
dismantling our dead at Calvary. Rising from the grave to reign on high. Worthy, He is worthy. All glory and honor, all power and praise be to your name, be to your name. For no one could rival your glory and fame. We lift high the name of Jesus. Holy, holy Lord Almighty, worthy is your name. Holy, holy, none beside you, greatly to be praised. Holy, holy Lord Almighty, worthy is your name. Holy, holy, none beside you, greatly to Jesus. Holy, holy Lord Almighty, worthy is your name. Holy, holy, none beside you, greatly to Wonderful. You may be seated. We're going to spend some time in prayer uh, for our first main theme, which is to become a church that's increasing in our delight and love for the Lord Jesus. And so if you're here, uh, you can pray with those who are with you. Uh, probably not safe to spread around, so just stay with the people with you. Pray, uh, pray with them. And if you're at home, uh, pray with those in the room. And uh, there should be uh, four bullet points of main uh, kind of focus areas for prayer for a growing and increasing love for Jesus Christ. So I'll start us with prayer, and then after I conclude, you can just begin praying. Uh, Father, we do come before you, and you love to empower your church by the Holy Spirit to have an increasing passion and love for Jesus Christ. You love to give it, Father, and so we ask for that, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.
me conclude that time of prayer. Father, it is so wonderful that you love to love your people. You have sent your son because you have such great love for us, Lord. Thank you for loving us in Christ. Please do fill us with a new awareness of the loveliness of Jesus. Show us him always, we pray. Amen. Well, now we'll move on in our time of meditation and prayer to think about the word. The word. This is one of these four core values and things that we want to pursue during this time of renewal. The word. The word of God. And so we will, uh, if you want to click open or flip open, whatever is your preference to Psalm 1, that is where we will be reading. I'll read it through once. It says this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, in all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. It seems right that if this passage is intended to describe for us sort of the exemplary person, the man that is blessed, the blessed one, uh, that it could be also applied to us, not only as individuals, but as a church. If we were to read this this way, blessed is the church who, what would that look like? Well, I'm gonna skip over the first two verses that speak to the cause of that blessedness and first notice verses three through six, which are more about the effects of that blessedness. Blessed is the church that is planted like a tree planted by streams of water. It is a church that bears its fruit in its season and her leaf does not wither and in all that she does, she is prosperous. This is an image of a church that is deeply embedded in and nourished by knowledge of her God rooted in with the major roots and the tiny little baby roots of knowledge tapped into who God is, what his will is for his people and his creation, and is therefore constantly nourished, never in need, always abounding. The wicked are not so, it says in verse four, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for the Lord knows the way of this righteous church, but the way of the wicked will perish. What would the blessed church look like then? The church that is blessed by God is spiritually dense, spiritually heavy, significant, weighty, marked by a certain sense of spiritual gravity. 
The winds of change do not change who she really is, this church. The fire of judgment leaves her unsinged. Because, verse 6, her way is known by the Lord. Finally, let's return back to verses 1 and 2 and figure out how this wonderful church got there and how can we get there. It says this, Blessed is the church, we'll say, that walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but her delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law she meditates day and night, this church. Walking, sitting, standing. That, that about covers it. Every posture of this church's day-to-day life and, and every activity is dominated by ways that contrast with a life that displeases God. Why? Because her delight is in the law, the instruction of the Lord. And because of that delight, she dutifully med- meditates day and night. Delight, that is, determines duty. How does Parkview become that church that we read about in verses 3 through 6? Well, we do what it says in verses 1 and 2. We delight in God's instruction, in God's exhortation, in his rebuke, in his simple self-disclosure. Every bit of it becomes our, our soul's delight. Now, have you ever tried to delight in something? There, there may be a way that you can get there uh, through a lot of willpower to get to a place where you really enjoy something, you understand it, and that sort of thing. But it's not completely possible. To really shift our affections, to have deep and sincere change of heart, takes a spiritual activity, the activity of the Holy Spirit. This can happen, Parkview, for us. God can implant delight in his word into our hearts, and that is what we must ask him to do. We must delight in the instruction of the Lord. Not just that we know and love the Bible, but we know and love the one who gave it to us and the one who gives himself to us through it. So now we're going to take some time to pray through these four, I believe, key uh, prayer points that will appear on the screen behind me, or not behind me, but on your screen at home. And uh, let's pray. Oh, wait, actually. I've got my things mixed up because now Will is going to come up and lead us in a time of song before we pray. So, Thanks, Thomas. Yeah, again, if you want to stand, this is, a, this is a new song, one that might be unfamiliar to you, but it's just a, a wonderful plea prayer to the Lord to, to have his word planted deep within us so that we can be that church that is, that is planted like a tree by living streams. And so uh, this, sing this song, Show Us Christ With Us. Prepare our hearts, O God, and help us to receive. Break the hard and stony ground, help our unbelief. Plant your word. 
down deep in us, cause it to bear fruit. And open up our ears to hear, lead us in your truth. Show us Christ. Show us Christ, oh God, reveal your glory through the preaching of your word until every heart confesses Christ is
then you can take a seat. Okay, well, whether you're here in person or with us online, uh, you can spend the next, I think it'll be about eight to ten minutes praying, and when the pers next person comes up to lead us in further prayer, we'll conclude there.
Father God, Lord, we ask that you would help us to be a people who just absolutely treasure your word. Lord, we ask that you would give us a hunger to be in your word and that you would allow us, Lord, to just, just completely delight in it. Lord, we ask that you would use your word to shape us and to mold us and cause us to be the people that you have called us to be. We ask these things in your name. Amen. All right. Well, third aim that we're going to spend some time focusing on tonight is that of prayer. Prayer. Another way of saying what we're about to do is we are about to, to pray that we would pray. Another way of saying it is we are going to pray now that the Lord would cause us to be a praying church. That the Lord would help us to be a praying church. As Thomas preached this past week um, from Psalm 127, we understand and recognize that unless the Lord builds a house, those who build it labor in vain. And so we're going to spend some time right now praying um, that we would be a people who, who, who live daily with that reality, that we need the Lord to build this house. Um, one of the great ways that we can learn how to pray is by looking at examples of prayer in Scripture. And so I'm going to turn now and invite you to do so with me to Ephesians chapter 3. And I'm going to read verses 14 through 21 and then just um, make a couple observations on the text. So Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. This is the word of the Lord. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. This is a prayer. This is a prayer from Paul about the Christians at Ephesus. Three things I want to point out about what specifically he's praying for. First thing, and these are, don't be fooled, these are unbelievable things he's asking to happen, okay? First, that Christ may dwell in their hearts. That Jesus Christ, verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Christ dwelling in our hearts. That Christ that we just got done delighting in, right? Re reflecting on, 
asking the Lord to increase our delight and understanding of who he is, that, that the firstborn over all creation, the, the image of the invisible God himself, that he would dwell in our hearts. This is no small thing. This is a huge thing, that Christ would dwell in their hearts through faith. Secondly, that they may begin to understand and grasp and comprehend the love of Christ. Right? And we consider God's love to us through Christ, that we would begin to, that that love would so just captivate us, hold us hostage, that our minds would be, begin to wrap itself around how unbelievable that love is. This is no small thing Paul is asking for. Thirdly, verse 19, and this one is a zinger. <laughs> that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I mean, can you imagine a prayer that is asking something greater than that? That we would be filled with the fullness of God himself. I cannot think I cannot think of a more significant, a, a, more, a prayer that would require more supernatural activity than that, that we would be filled with the fullness of God. I mean, these are amazing things that Paul is praying. How can he do that? How can he expect that God can actually answer these prayers? Verse 20 tells us, now to him, who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. For as amazing as those things are, as, as, as amazing as those prayer requests are, Paul says, God says, he can do even more than what we can ask or think. I mean, what other reason do we, ha do we need than to just completely throw ourselves down at his feet and ask of him whatever is on our hearts because he is able to do far greater than what we can even imagine. So, so church, as we think about, as we dream about what is ahead of us this year, I, I cannot think of any reason that we need more than this. He is able to do far more why would we not pray to him? Why would we not pray to him? Wouldn't it be amazing if we look back in a year from now and we would be such a church that we would look back and as we see, look back on what the Lord has done through us, that we would, in a unified voice, say, he did that. He did that. Well, we can do that if we become a praying church. So Will is going to lead us in a song, and then I'll come back up and kind of guide us for some time in prayer. Yeah, thanks, Doug. Again, this is a, this is a song that is going to it does exactly that. It expresses that need that we have, that dependence we have upon the Father for for all that we have that He can do far more abundantly than anything we could think or imagine. And so, uh, stand and, and sing these words, praying them to the Lord as you do.
as morning dawns and day awakes to you i bring my need oh gracious god my source of strength in you i live and breathe each hour is yours by wisdom planned each day empowered by sovereignness renew my spirit help me stand be glorified today as day unfolds i seek your will in all of life's demands and though the tender tries me still i cling to your commands let every effort of my life display the matchless worth of christ make me night your spirit still is here and though my strength fades like the light new mercies will appear i rest in you abide with me until our trials and suffering give way to Let's spend the next couple of minutes together um, praying that we would become a praying church. Let's pray.
Father, thank you for the gift of prayer. Let it become as natural as just opening our eyes and speaking to other people in our midst, Lord. Let us be characterized by unceasing prayer. Lord, make that a hallmark of this church. And Lord, we just thank you once again. Amen. It is so wonderful to be here in the house of prayer with you all tonight. Our final prayer aim is love. And I might be tempted to say I got the best one, but these are all good. There's not one that's better than another. Um, in John 13, verse 34, after humbling himself to the place of a servant and washing his disciples' feet, Jesus said, a new command I give to you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Jesus is showing us and his disciples how we should show love to our families, to our co-workers, to the people in our sphere of life. I find that I'm much quicker to identify somebody's faults before thinking of ways to serve and bless. Yet let's look to Jesus' example. He's washing the feet of his disciples, and these disciples are not shining examples of what he hoped they would become at this point in their life. These disciples have not too far before Jesus is washing their feet. They've been arguing about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. In my humanness, if I was Jesus, I think I'd sit them all down and I'd say, look, you guys got some issues with pride. You got to be more humble. Jesus, no. Jesus is so much smarter. Jesus says, I'm going to show them what this kind of love looks like. I'm going to, I'm going to take my deity out of the picture. I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to be the servant. I'm going to go around. And I'm going to wash the stinky off of these guys' feet. He's washing the feet of Peter, who he knows is going to deny knowing him three times in his greatest point of need. He's even washing the feet of Judas, who is going to betray him with a kiss to the Roman authorities to be crucified in the most painful way. I'm awfully good at sometimes loving people that I like, but the people that have somehow rubbed me the, the wrong way, Lord, help me, help us to start washing feet and loving people like you did, to stop striving with each other. Lord, let this love characterize our relationships with each other and characterize this church. I remember serving here with a dear brother of mine, Jesse Bradley, that many of you know, and we were, we were over in room 103, and Parkview at that time had a, a ministry um, towards outreach among some Hispanic families, and we were watching kids for that night, and I've forgotten what the occasion was, but we were in a room full of, it seemed like mostly boys, and they were all in probably the 9 to 12, 
and they, their energy was through the roof. They were giving us a run for our money. They wore us out. And I remember Jesse was talking with me afterwards, and he said, you know, when those kids are, are just like running us ragged, he's like, you know what I hear? Wash my feet, wash my feet. And I've often thought of that, you know. My humanness, I want to think, will you guys just settle down? So we could just like have more fun here. And they're just like, no, this is how we're going to have more fun. And you know, they probably left that night being blessed because they were loved. They got more piggyback rides than maybe they'd gotten in the last week. Ah, Lord, I just thank you for sometimes helping us stumble into getting it right. Let's pray for God to lead us in this kind of love. So the next time that somebody cuts me off in traffic, rather than insisting on my rights and telling them what for, maybe I can pray for them. Lord, bless this driver and teach them how to... No, 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 no. Lord, bless this driver, calm their anxious heart, give them a spirit of caution, protect their life. Let's, let's do that, church. Let's do that. How can we pursue humility and wash the feet of the people in our lives? One final thought. When we miss this mark, let us not be discouraged, but rather persevere and remember that Jesus is washing our feet through repentance and confession as many times as we come to him. In fact, in preparing this tonight, I've already thought of somebody that I need to apologize to. And I hope that that's a washing of their feet as I admit my fault and ask for forgiveness. And so as we pray, if, if God starts bringing things to mind of how we can start washing feet in the radical Jesus kind of love, not in my human kind of love, but in the Jesus kind of love, let's hang on to those before Satan tries to sweep them away and say, nah, that's not really how it works. It is how it works because Jesus did it. Let's remember his example, and let's pray um, that, Lord, that you would help us love like you loved. Will, got a song for us before we pray. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, and so as he said, uh, it doesn't, we can't begin to love one another until we first meditate on the love that has been shown to us. And so this song that we're going to sing, How Deep the Father's Love, is just this meditation on this very thing that, that, that Paul was talking about, the way that, that Christ came, washed the feet. And so will you stand and just meditate, treasure the deep love of the Father as we seek to love the people around us? How deep the Father's love for us How vast beyond all measure That He should give His only Son To make a wretch His treasure How great the pain of searing loss the Father turns His face away As wounds which mar the Chosen One 
sons to glory. get us started. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that your love is not like a human idea of love. Your love is better than life, better than what we could ever imagine. God, we thank you for washing our feet. At the time when we put our trust in you, you washed not only our feet, you washed our hearts. You washed our minds, and then you gave us a path, Lord, when we lose our way, how to find our way back to you, Lord, you're always washing our feet. You never get tired of it. And Lord, I just thank you for Parkview Church. Lord, this place has been a place where feet have been washed. Lord, I think of so many people that have served at our Sudan parties with, with rooms full of rambunctious kids. And Lord, I know that that washing has been a blessing. 
and has gone out into a people that, that really don't know you, but they know that they were blessed here. Lord, we ask for more of that. We ask that, that the, the foot-washing culture of, of Jesus' love would so characterize the people of Parkview that it would become known across Iowa City that all the churches would embrace this, Lord, in our places of work and in our families and on the roads and, and just wherever we are, Lord. Let this be a transforming light, an ocean that just starts to wash over and, and just catch on and, and be so attractive that people just can't help but, but fall into it and love it and, and maybe never even remember what the old definition of love was like. So, Lord, please help us to learn how to love like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's continue praying.
Father God, um, you are an amazing, amazing God. Lord, you are exalted above all creation. You are all knowing and loving. Father, you are so good to us. Um, what an amazing privilege it is that we get to call you our Father. Lord, that we get to look to you, um, that you come to us and love us and care for us and provide for us and guide us, Lord, that you don't abandon us or forget us, Lord, but that you are a faithful God, steadfast, righteous, good. Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, we are a people who are needy. We're fragile. We're broken. We're sinful. Forgetful. Lord, we're people who need you. Lord, and even just tonight, we just think of the, the gift that you have given us of prayer. That we get to come to you. Lord, that you want us to come to you. Lord, that we get to depend on you um, so much greater, so much stronger than anything that we have to offer, Lord. You are precisely what we need, and you give yourself freely to us. What a gift. What a gift, a gift that we don't deserve, Lord. Lord, I just ask that you would help us um, as a people. Lord, as we step into this year, we think of all the things that we want to see you accomplish through this church in our lives and through our lives, Lord. Um, Lord, we ask that you would breathe life into us, that you would renew us as a people, Lord, that you would restore us, Lord, that you would, you would call us to new things, Father, that you would help us to be a people who continually delight in your Son, who are hungering after your word, who are constantly just depending on your power and who are committed in our love for one another. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be a people who fulfill your purposes, who seek them. Lord, I pray that you would bring healing into our church to those who are suffering, to those who are sick. Lord, to those who are who are in valleys right now in their life, broken relationships, who are confused or frustrated, Lord, I pray that, that your presence would be known, that your healing and you, the hope that you have to offer would be experienced and known. Lord, I pray that you would draw close to us as a church, Lord. And as we consider what lies ahead of us, Lord, but I'm excited. I'm excited about what you have in store for us as a people. Lord, but I, I pray that you would help us, help us to um, not go forward without you. Lord, make your presence known to us. Help us to be a, just a beacon of light in this community. Lord, that the healing, the love that we have received from you, Lord, that we would be a people who are quick and ready to extend that to those around us, Lord. Help us to, to bear witness 
to the truth, to the grace and the love that you, Lord, that you give to us freely. Lord, I pray that you help us to bear witness to that. Help us to just be faithful to what you've called us to do, Lord. Lord, we love you. We ask these things in your name. Amen. All right, well, thank you for joining us tonight just to pray. Um, while our evening has come to an end, we're at the beginning of a month of prayer. We have designated January for Parkview Church as a month of, of prayer. And so it's going to continue. Um, every day, 7 a.m., there is a Zoom link in your weekly email that you can go to, and there will be um, leadership that will be leading us from 7 to 7.30 every day in the month of January in prayer. And so I would invite you to participate in that um, as much as you are able to. And then right at the end of the month, right back in this room, January 31st, 7 o'clock, we'll kind of bookend the month again with, with an evening of prayer. So thank you guys so much for coming. Thank you for joining us online and hope that you guys have just a, a wonderful evening and stay safe and warm outside. All right.